Uh, a fantastic ICC Women's World Cup has just come to an end last weekend with a thrilling final uh, in circumstances that probably three weeks ago we would have never, ever dreamed of. But uh, Australia, worthy winners, uh, and England, very, very plucky losers. So I just thought, let's get our voice of women's cricket, who has been covering the whole tournament for not only Times Radio and Talk Sport. So she's, we're very pleased to have the company of Georgie Heath. Georgie, how are you? Yes, I'm all right. I've had some sleep finally, so I think I'm I'm back to functioning on a normal schedule at last. It involved a lot of caffeine. Yeah, I was going to ask, how does the body clock manage? I think it kind of got to that point. I was like, you know what, sleep is kind of overrated. You know, I can sleep, <laughs> I can sleep in April. It sort of got to that point. So, yeah, no, I'm really good. I, I wouldn't have changed it, really. I enjoyed it a lot. I mean, I would have like to be in New Zealand maybe that would have been slightly different but yeah being able to cover a World Cup for people like TalkSport, Telegraph, Times Radio is pretty cool for me so yeah wouldn't change it for the world really although maybe put England's name on the trophy instead of Australia. Well I think from uh, so this this tournament came on the back of an Ashes series where Australia were dominant and um, the whole thing was rescheduled to give everyone time to quarantine to get down to New Zealand and um it seemed quite early on that it was just going to be a case of who's going to qualify to lose to Australia in the final, which is pretty much how it turned out anyway. But I think as an England fan, we can't be too downhearted by what happened. No, I think that was a lot of the talk as well. So like going into the Ashes, we pretty much knew we were going to lose that. And we did lose the Ashes. And then we actually got to the final of the World Cup. So it sort of lived up to expectations of what... England should have and would have achieved this winter. It would have been nice to win something in the Ashes, yes, but that's the way cookie crumbles, I guess. Um, This tournament, like we took Australia pretty close to it in the first game, and seeing as we'd just been beaten by them back to back to back to back in the Ashes, and we weren't playing that well in that one, was kind of something to take away from it there. But yeah, we um, we were down and out almost at one point. So Thinking of that, obviously there's certain bits we shouldn't have lost in there. It's a shock loss to the West Indies. We then nearly basically gave New Zealand the game. Um, Luckily managed to salvage that one or we really would have been down and out. But um, And then obviously we came back, fought back really well against India, against Pakistan. And then having already lost to South Africa earlier on in the tournament, beat them pretty convincingly in the semi-final. So that's something that England can really take away from this I think. And then Australia have just been so dominant in the women's game over the last few years. It was ever since they lost in that semi-final in 2017, when obviously England went on to win, they basically were like, right, this is our kick in the face, turn it around. What can we restructure, redo? How are we going to reformat this? And how are we going to have our names on that trophy in what should have been 2022, 2020? One obviously, you know, all the restructuring, whatever date changes. But then they went and won the T20 World Cup and now this one. And they put the resources into it. They put the funding in. They've got the structure in place and they're reaping the rewards. And I think that's something the rest of the world is finally becoming privy to. Like England, we've now got a pretty well-sorted domestic structure. Um, we've got our Rachel Hayhoe Flint 50 overs. We've got the Charlotte Edwards Cup 20 overs. Say what you want about the 100, it has done wonders for the women's game. The coverage it's given it, the money, the sponsorship, the 
exposure for the women's game, just everything that's done for the women's game has just been amazing. And we'll put the men's aside for now because people will just say what they want about that for now. And I don't think we're going to be changing their minds anytime soon. But I think England are finally getting in on that. And we brought in the contracts, obviously. And yes, we were behind Australia bringing in professional contracts and domestic contracts. So we were going to be behind in the bringing those players through to the top. But I think we are starting to see it. You've got people like Charlie Dean coming through, who obviously plays at Southern Vipers and London Spirit, London Spirit. And so she wouldn't have had that platform before all of this. And so she might not have been there. And that's a discovery we've made. And it shows that we've learned from what Australia have done and hopefully be able to bring that in and bring our game up to their level because they are a level above everyone at the moment. Profos certainly a big thing. Uh, and as you mentioned, England were the holders of the um, of the World Cup from 2017. But um, I think at that time, it wasn't necessarily such a big thing in terms of recognition and remuneration and how much has changed. And as you just mentioned, various factors, um, with probably the icing on the cake being 100. Uh, now, you've certainly got very recognisable figures in that women's cricket setup. Um, and also, a long last remuneration uh, is being de dealt with uh, in more sensible conversations. So, um, the trajectory is looking really good. No, it definitely is. I mean, there is still work to be done and there's more money needs to go in if you just look at the pay gap differences mm. in the hundred. But once again, another story, money. I mean, I don't have any money anyway. So I look at those and I'm like, that's quite a lot of money. I'll have that, please. Thank you. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think it has come a long way, even in the last few years, like COVID pandemic hit and you were like, women's sport was basically the first thing to fall off the TV. And so it was almost last in, first out. But the ECB did do a great job bringing back in the Rachel Hayhoe Flint trophy that year and sort of building from there. And now looking ahead, you know, every year we say, oh, is there going to be a women's IPL? We've now got women's PSL coming in. First year of the women's CPL this year. We've obviously got the 100 and there are talks. They always say there's talks, but it seems to be there are more talks and more positive talks for the idea of a women's IPL in the future, which we know how big cricket is in India. Women's cricket, men's cricket, everything. It's huge. So that would be such a good stepping stone for women's cricket professionalizing it, remuneration, more professional cricketers. The more professional cricketers you have, the more top quality cricket you're going to have. And it's, it's true because um, there are a lot of women stars right across the world now. I, mean, I think pretty much everyone has uh, top class players, top class names. I'm thinking of, um, I mean, obviously the Australians, the, the British, uh, the English team. Uh, India have got more than a few um and, and the ages of them as well is, is amazing. You know, the, the average age in some of these teams is, is, is quite young, sort of 16, 17-year-olds regularly featuring. Um, uh, yeah, and what I love on that as well is that then you've got these 16, 17-year-olds, but then you've got someone who is just an absolute legend just of the game, Julian Goswami, obviously playing in India. They're making a film about her. It's going to be on Netflix. And she, what was it? She's got however many World Cup wickets, and they're all different people, which I just think was so cool. And she was an absolute bloody legend. She took her 200th ODI wicket or something. And she's just 
amazing. And like, she will retire. It's going to happen. Everyone has to retire at some point. You can't play forever. But she, even now, like, she's playing, the 16 year old's playing, and it's everyone all in for one. If it's based on skill, that's how it should be, regardless of age. Tell that to Darren Stevens. <laughs> so let's just talk about the World Cup final. Um, one hell of a match, really. Um, England uh, won the toss and they put the Australians in. And um, was it was it a, a, a world record total they set? It was just, there were just world records falling in all directions. I mean, going back to the toss, it's one of those things. People are going to, people forever will be like, oh, you know, we won the toss. Why did we make that decision? But if we then got two early wickets, everyone would have gone, oh, it's so inspired. You're never going to get two early wickets against Australia ever, really, at the moment, because they bat down to sort of number 506. But, yeah, that's just Australia. I think, um, yeah, I mean, it was just record-breaking. Watching that innings from Alyssa Healy was just inspired. Like She is one of my favourite non-English sports people in any sport. So mm. it was quite cool to watch that. And I was like, oh, she's just so great. And she also, you want to hate her because she's so good. But she just seems like such a good egg. And then she's married to Mitchell Stark, obviously. And so he's now the second best cricketer in their family, which I just love. And he was there watching and cheering and whatever. So what family? Imagine them doing the egg and spoon at Parents' Day, you know, at Sports Day. Taking right, on Captain right. Front and Nat Siver. Yeah, particularly right. with her parents as well. Not, not, yeah. not a and then, cricketing family. Exactly. And then up rocks, you know, Marizan Cap and um, Dani Van Nierkoek. You could just have the couples all take each other on. It'd be fantastic. <laughs> couples day. What a time. Um, <laughs> but yeah, and then obviously she scored that absolute staggering innings. But then we got to the end of their innings and suddenly Annie Shrubsall's on a hat-trick. And I was like, we've really... We've had it all in this innings, and then we started having a bit of a collapse, as you do. Nat Sivers like, you know what? No, we're not having a collapse. I am basically going to take us over the line. And there were times, and we were all there like, oh, actually, maybe we could do this. No, yeah. don't, don't, don't say And people would message me, be like, can we? And I was like, don't even say it, because <laughs> she's going to run out of partners, and that's not saying anything against the lower order. They're not there to bat, you know? Annie Strubzell's not there to be the batter. She very much can bat, but she's not there to carry us however many were needed off the last few overs. So, yeah, I mean, we lost. And anyone that looked at it and didn't really see or think that much about it or follow much, like, oh, England lost by 71 runs in the final, absolutely annihilated by Australia. There was just, that was just one of the brilliant innings, one of the innings of the decade, you know, of my lifetime. I can't remember a women's innings like that, really. It was just astonishing in that situation, having already played that full tournament and the Ashes beforehand. So it's pretty cool. And also she's coming over the 100, which is going to be mega. Yeah, that's a good point, actually. Um, they were a long time in the bubble or away from home, whatever way you want to dress it up. I mean, as you say, that was on the back of a full-blown Ashes tour. So uh, I'm guessing it's, what, three months minimum that they were, they were travelling? Yeah, so I think the England girls flew out beginning of January kind of time and then had to do the quarantine and all that when they got there and then things got moved around to make quarantine time for the World Cup so you know ODIs, T20s, test matches all switched over that kind of thing and then they went out to New Zealand had to quarantine for 10 days which got shortened to seven while they were quarantining so I guess that was quite fun but then it's still everything it's still a bit more stress you can't have your family like you would want them you're masking all the time, you're doing all this extra stuff, you're being tested all the time, and it's all just a bit more of that added stress that you just don't need when you're already trying to 
win a World Cup, especially when you've lost the first three games. But I think they did such an amazing um, job of, you know, showing their tenacity, showing their dedication. They were, you know, we might have thought they were down and out and they were like, not a chance and fought straight back. India, an incredible team. And they took a wicket with ball one or something, wasn't it? So Yeah, yeah. And I, I think, think, you know, that- as you say, they got to the final, which was incredible. And I don't think, if you just look at the scorecard, I mean, the scorecard reads Australia won by 71 runs, but that doesn't really tell half no, the story of what actually happened, does it? No, having watched every ball through the night, I can tell you that wasn't the story. No, it was... um. Yeah, exactly. It wasn't what the scorecard tells. And you can't read a cricket match from a scorecard because it lasts eight hours. You know, mm. you can't look at it for eight seconds and be like, oh, that's a score call. Right, easy. It doesn't work like that. That's why you read my amazing match reports, obviously. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, <laughs> and so I think that was, you know, I think we just, they were, you know, before we even went in it, if you put a score, a win predictor, it was going to be sort of 70-30, really, unless we'd made some massive breakthrough straight away. Um, but yeah, that's Australia for you at the moment. And that's just where they are. I've said it before and I'll say it again. I think they are currently the best team of any gender in any sport anywhere in the world. Oh, mm. that's, 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 a, that's a good claim. We'll, we'll throw that out to our viewers and listeners. And uh, uh, if you've got thoughts for or against that sentiment, uh, we'd love to, we'd love to know. Uh, and, and another good thing that came from it was that um, Sky made the, whole game accessible to, to everyone um, seems to be something that they're starting to do. I know it happened with the Men's World Cup in uh, God, what seems like the late 17th century now when we won it in that famous game at Lords. But I think the message is getting through that to give cricket the shot in the arm, one of the easy things to do is to make it accessible uh, and free to air and let more and more people watch. Yeah, I, this has been a bit of a talking point recently as well, hasn't it? Because there's this discussion that all going to stay on sky for the next 10 years or something and i was like i am going to be old if that ever goes on free to air full time again but i can remember back to the days it was on channel four and whatnot and that kind of thing during 2005 ashes still was yeah yeah um and i i mean it is great that they then put finals on free to air but why just the final there are other great games but i guess it's a world cup and it's quite hard it's who has the rights who has this who has that but the radio for me is actually my go-to place to get the cricket anyway, really. I sort of shove it on on the TV on silent mm. with the radio on usually, or if I'm out and about, always have it on. So yeah, I think that's very difficult because then one day it's on Sky, one day it's on BT, and I can't afford to have all those different streaming sites. So that does make it difficult. And there's something that needs to be done there. But a lot of things, like if you're not looking internationally, like the regional stuff, a lot of the regional women's is all over YouTube, streamed on um sites from the different regions really like western storm all of them i think they have their own streaming so that's quite a good way the women's game do quite well on that front when they can get that i mean it's like one man and his camera but still so yeah i think making it accessible is great because something like this final regardless of who was going to win it it was always going to be a spectacle of the women's game and it was that it had a bit of everything you know it had some bowling brilliance it had batting brilliance it had some great fielding so it kind of had everything that you want to see in a women's game except the win for the English fans so you can imagine I was kind of hoping that you know kids would wake up early on the Sunday morning I did have people being like what time should I wake my daughter up and I was like well she could just stay up all night yeah give her loads of sweets and uh yeah fizzy drinks um, (laughs) start her on the pro class early not endorsing that although I think I've (laughs) 
um, <laughs> yeah, and I think that would be nice if they could wake up and watch it on the Sunday morning. And you know, Sunday morning viewing is the women's game, and you get people talking about their sons watching it because they want to bat like Nat Siver, and that's the kind of thing you want to hear. Mm. See it to be it. All those standards that we say all the time, but they're true. That's why we say it so often. Well, yeah, and of course, the one thing better than uh, watching it on the telly or listening to it on the radio is actually being there. And the English season is about to start, and um, the hundred, the ever controversial hundred, but um, it's a good place to watch women's cricket uh, this year. And some of these, the big names from the World Cup tournament are confirmed as taking part in. The hundred, and I've just seen that uh, Australia's captain Meg Lanning is coming. Alyssa Healy, that you mentioned. Okay, so Meg Lanning at the same team as Nat Siver and Catherine Brunt. Oh my god! Yeah, yeah, yeah. I no, they, were, they couldn't come over last year. Sorry, I completely interrupted you in my excitement. But yeah, they couldn't come oh. over last year. Obviously, with one thing and another. Obviously, we've got Elise Perry staying at Birmingham Phoenix. She was meant to be there last year. You've got Shafali Verma's over there, I think. And then you've got, yeah, obviously Alyssa Healy's gone north to the Superchargers. Um, you've got Smitri Mandana back at the Originals. You've got AJ Wellington at the Brave. You've got, you've got people everywhere. And then you've got the trio of South Africans still at Oval at the Invincibles. And they were just incredible last year, all three of them together. So like Marazan Cap in that final was insane. She was yeah. just on one, as only Marazan Cap can. So I think it will be another step up again for the women's hundred. And I just kind of hope it's not, you know, it's that difficult second album really, isn't it? <laughs> you have the success of it last year and the novelty and then everything actually, it was quite nice thing that happened thanks to COVID was that they became these double headers with the men's and that did a lot for the women's game. And obviously this year with the Commonwealth Games, the men's does start a bit earlier um, so I will, I will see, I guess, what happens with all of that. But it's only because there's too much women's cricket because there's the Commonwealth Games happening too. So this is no bad thing. Yeah. Interesting as well, which would be mega. Yeah, that's right. And um, as you say, you know, this year, the whole tournament is going to be boosted by the arrival of the big international names that were missing uh, from last year. So there's lots to look forward to. And um, let's put aside all the arguments are going on on social media and everywhere else about this just look at it as just being an occasion for cricket and um it uh, you know with 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 talent like this on show it, it's just so hard to resist no exactly i often think if people argued as much for women's sport to have equality as they do for their different forms of a sport then we'd be on quite level pegging but that's another story um yeah i think that the talent on show is just gonna be amazing it's gonna it's another step up really um the hundred did so much for the women's game last year I got people asking me about it and being like oh yeah I'm gonna go to this game but I'm definitely rocking up earlier because I want to watch the women's game too you know it's difficult with work things sometimes but at least catching the second half of it and you've got kids you know young boys with female names on their backs different things I'm I definitely want an Alyssa Healy shirt and I've never supported Northern Superchargers but you know um, yeah, and so it's going to be, it's hopefully going to do just as well for the women's game as it did last year. And I think the World Cup had a lot of following, a big traction. So I'm kind of hoping that boosts this even more when people will see these international names coming over and getting involved. Well, I think something else that women's cricket is uh, leading the way uh, is in terms of, um, you know, um, the, the diversity aspects of it that, that you know no one cares there's no big deal made out of anyone's 
sexuality or preferences or whatever you want to call it. Um, it it's just no big deal. Everyone gets on and plays. And I, I just find that so refreshing, given that in pretty much every other male sport, um, it's, it's, it remains, despite all the campaigns and all the banners and the gestures, it, can, it remains um, an immovable object. But in women's cricket, it's just, so what, you know? Yeah, and I think what's... Like, it is great that none of those things matter. I don't know why they ever matter in anything, you know? You've got married couples playing and they're absolutely smashing it. And how excited <laughs> do we get when we get a Catherine Brunt Nat Sliver wicket? It's just the best. Same with Darnay Van Nierkirk, Marazan Cap. It's just... It's, I always feel you should have two wickets for that, you know? Take, <laughs> take two home at the end of the day. Have two bottles of whatever. But what's sad is, I guess, we spend so much time fighting the problem that we're actually just women, that everything else is just... You know what? That is just we shouldn't have to fight this part in the first place. So everything else is just, it puts it into perspective that it just doesn't matter. Like, love who you love, do what you want, see who you want to see. I posted a picture the other day and it was, um, I don't know if you saw it on my Twitter, it was um, Catherine Brunt and Nat Siver, you know, like looking into each other's face at the end of the game. You know, they've obviously just lost the World Cup and probably won't see Catherine Brunt in the next one, unsure on Nat Siver, who knows. But I literally wrote, love conquers all. The amount of people that were like, this is exactly what we mean. This is how it should be. This is what it's about. You know, love, blah, 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 love who you want. Doesn't matter. One person wrote something negative and the amount of people that had a go at this person Good. was just, you know, And Good. that's how it should be. It, like, love who you love, love who you want. People find it weird enough that I'm a girl that loves cricket, let alone girls that want to marry girls, you know. So uh, I think, um, it, yeah, it is far and away ahead of the men's world of sport, women's sport, when it comes to inclusivity on that front, which I guess is a fantastic thing. Well, we look forward to a fantastic uh, summer of women's cricket and uh, doubtless we'll have you back on to uh, update us and give us your thoughts and views. Um, always great to catch up, Georgie. Um, Glad to, that you're getting uh, all the work being thrown at you that you that you can handle, and, and I'm sure you'll be very busy. Okay. Over the well, I'm off to um, yeah, I'm off to Dubai at the end of the month to be wow. part of Fair Break Global Invitational Tournament. So basically, it's a privately funded tournament, but it's bringing female players from all over the world to play in a tournament together, six teams, and so you've got players from all different countries on teams together. So it's like there's actually a team sponsored by the Barmy Army. Um, you've got people like Marazan Cat playing. You've got people like Mariam Masundo from Zimbabwe. You've got Austrian players. You've got Australian players, New Zealand, South Africa, West Indies. There's talk of English players, but cannot divulge or any of that yet because A, I don't know, and B, I probably couldn't tell you anyway. Stefani Taylor is captaining aside. So it's going to be a really good showcase of women's sport, not just in the nations we hear about all the time, but the associate nations too. You've got Brazilian players, Roberta, Moretta Avery is, she's on the Barmy Army side. So yeah, it's going to be amazing and show, I think, the ever-growing depth of the women's game globally and that there's these associate nations up and coming too. So it's going to be fab. So we're definitely going to have to get a video diary from you. Uh, oh yeah. <laughs> in some glamorous, exotic location. So uh, oh, fantastic. Well, it's really good to hear. Uh, and uh, enjoy yourself. We'll catch yeah, up. So with share you. fair break. Share fair break far and wide because it needs all the coverage because it's going to be quite a display of cricket, I think. Well, we'll put all the links up on our social media mm -hmm. and our um, wherever we see and hear um, our name being mentioned. So, um, but uh, I'm just thinking, what am I getting invites like that? 
<laughs> Furthest I go. Oh, is- I think there, there were a lot of me being annoying. And there was, <laughs> oh, okay, fine. Best, well, you know our motto is you don't ask, you don't get. So uh, the only way to be. I know. I've never been to Dubai before. I was like, Mum, can you look after my dog again? <laughs> <laughs> All right, Georgie. Uh, brilliant to catch up. And um, we'll speak to you, hopefully, in Dubai. Yeah. And, and then, obviously, you and I, we're still on for those beers. Oh, yes. Always. Always. Yeah. Well, <laughs> stay safe. All those things. Don't get COVID again. No. Um, and... I've got to, I guess I've got to go do something productive with the rest of my day. <laughs> Have a fab afternoon. Get out in the sun. I can see the most enormous grey cloud looming. I like to think it's not a metaphor for my day. But who knows? Right. I'm Have sure a fab afternoon. Okay. Nice to be on again. Georgie Heath uh, from Women's Cricket Chat and many other outlets these days. Many thanks for your time.